Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jeroides, you are listening live to Brandon's World here on this Thursday, September 29th, 2022. It is week four in the NFL, and it's time to go over our picks and best bets of the week. Of course, every week we do this, we have had a terrible start to the 2022 NFL season in terms of picking straight up with the money line. It is one of my worst starts in the five-year history of me picking games. I am 24 and 24 for the first three weeks of the season. That pretty much means don't listen to me. Best bets-wise, we are 8 out of 15. Of course, we put five bets every week that we will put into our best bets. We are above 50% so far for the season. I will take that. So listen to me on the spreads. Don't listen to me when it comes to the money line. Take the opposite pick. But we're going to try to bounce back here in week four. Follow me personally at Brandon Lewis underscore seven. Follow me on the show at Real underscore B-World. Let's turn on that football music. And let's get underway. Kicking things off with tonight. Dolphins at Bengals. Bengals favored by three and a half. Now, it is important to note that I'm recording this on Wednesday the 28th. So the lines may move by the time we get to today when you're listening to it on Thursday the 29th. But at the time of this recording, Bengals are favored by three and a half. Surprises me a little bit because obviously the Dolphins are 3-0. Bengals are one and two, but the Bengals did win the AFC last week or last year, excuse me. And we saw it to Tagovailoa last week. Look at what a wobbly. They said it was a back injury, not a concussion. Dolphins are going off a very hard game against the Bills week three. Yes, it was at home, but a very hard fought ball game. Then they had a comeback week two against the Baltimore Ravens and had that tremendous comeback in the fourth quarter. Week one, they, of course, play New England, who's always been tough for them. So they have a very tough schedule early. Bengals got a little bit of a cupcake last week with the Jets to get their momentum moving. Plus, they're at home. I think the Dolphins are a little worn down here on a short week after a very emotional big-time win against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. They take a little bit of a letdown. The Dolphins get knocked off leaving the Philadelphia Eagles as the only undefeated team in the NFL at the end of Thursday night. Give me the Bengals at home, though I'm not going to bet this game. Next game, I am going to bet. I really like Minnesota minus two and a half in London against the New Orleans Saints. Listen, I said it going into this season. The Saints will be one of the worst NFL teams this season. I don't care if they got Michael Thomas back. I do not care if they have Jarvis Landry. I do not care if they have the great rookie, Chris Olave, out of the Ohio State University. I don't care if they have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram coming out of the backfield. Jameis Winston at quarterback will hinder that offense, and he has been terrible for the first three weeks of this season. And the Saints could certainly be 0-3, though they come in here 1-2. This is not a home game for them, as I said. It is in London. A neutral field. The Vikings just have better players. They had a great win last week. A nice come from behind win against the Detroit Lions. They're being blown out by the Eagles in week two. I'm running the football. I think Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen against that secondary. Plus, you 
You add in Zedarius Smith and then Neil Hunter against that putrid Saints offense. And why? I think it's going to be a long day for Jameis Winston. Give me Minnesota at minus two and a half. Next game, we got the Browns at the Falcons. And I am going to take the Browns here. And I am going to bet the Browns at minus one and a half. I said last week, Atlanta does some good things offensively. They're better offensively than I thought at least going into the season. Marcus Mariota has taken care of the football. He's thrown for good yards. They haven't got Kyle Pitts involved as much as you would think without Calvin Ridley, who's out due to the due to the betting suspension. But Drake London, the rookie wide receiver out of USC, who I did not like over Garrett Wilson. I did not like over Dodson of Penn State. I did not like over Olave. I didn't think he was going to do that good in Atlanta, but he has popped. And he's gotten more separation, arguably, in the NFL than in college. So Atlanta, I think, is going to be able to move the ball against a Browns defense that struggles against mobile quarterbacks. But we know the Browns can run the football down your throat, whether it's Winston Obi Brissett or Deshaun Watson at quarterback. It won't matter. Nick Chubb, Kareem on is arguably the best running back combo in the league. Atlanta cannot stop the run. I think the Browns are going to play ball control here. I think the Browns walk away and defeat the Atlanta Falcons on the road and get to 3-1 and one and really could be 2-2 two and two or 4-0. Oh. But the reality is the Browns are going to be 3-1, and one, picking up a road win at Atlanta, their second road win of the season, both against NFC South opponents. Again, I'm picking the Browns minus 1.5. Next game here. Could be the game of the weekend, and I'm not joking. Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who really should be to nobody's surprise. Trevor Lawrence is exceeding expectations, if you will, with Doug Peterson and the new offensive mindset in Jacksonville. Dougie Pete goes back to his former team, my Philadelphia Eagles, the Farino Eagles, who are favored by six and a half in this game. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if the Eagles do cover this spread, it's going to be barely by half a point. They may win by a touchdown, depending on game script, obviously, in the NFL. But I think this is one of the best games of the weekend. Because I think Jacksonville is going to cover this game. I'm not going to bet it. I'm going to take my Eagles to win here. But I think Jacksonville is a great shot to cover. You know Doug, Doug Peterson is going to want to come in there and beat his former team. A lot of the defensive players, such as Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, you know, uh, Marcus Epps were, were all on the team. Darius Slay, when Doug Peterson, TJ Edwards as well, when Doug Peterson was still the head coach here, there is some familiarity on the offensive side of the ball with Wes Watkins, who was there in 2020, Jalen Hurts, who was obviously there in 2020, Miles Sanders, but it's mostly, you know, that offense has transformed a little bit with Nick Sirianni, and Jalen Hurts is obviously a different quarterback than what he was two years ago. Trevor Lawrence, as I mentioned, he's had a career resurgence. Christian Kirk looks really good. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker to Utah, the ring looks really good. Jacksonville, as we all expect with Dougie P, is a well-coached team. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. I'll take the Eagles to win the game, but I would not be surprised if Jacksonville covers this six-and-a-half-point spread. Next game, we have the Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this was a little bit tough for me to predict because I do think the Washington Commanders are going to bounce back after that horrific performance against the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 3. 
However, I thought about it, and Carson Wentz, who always tends to own the ball too long against the ferocious Dallas Cowboys defensive front, I think just like the Eagles game, he's going to hold on to the ball, he's going to get too many turnovers, Dallas is going to win what I think will be a competitive football what I think will be a competitive football game. The Dallas Cowboys are going to win the game with Cooper Rush, and we may have even more of a quarterback controversy in Dallas if the Cowboys get to 3-1 with all three of their wins being with Cooper Rush under center. I think Washington plays well. I think they bounce back. Don't know or not if Dallas is going to cover. They could cover the 3.5. I think it's more than likely they, they win by, you know, somewhere between 4 and 7 points than it is them winning by three and a half or less. But I do think Dallas is going to win the football game. Okay, this next game is a really interesting game because it's the Bears. Defensive head coach and Matt Eberflus. We know how bad Justin Fields has looked throughout the first three weeks of the season. Taking on the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. So you have an offensive-minded head coach in Brian Dable. Defensive-minded head coach in Matt Eberflus. You know how I feel about offensive-minded head coaches over defensive-minded head coaches, specifically four young quarterbacks. But, you know, neither quarterback has looked well. Neither offensive line is very good. I think this is going to be a slugfest. And at the end of the day, I think the Bears' defensive line is better than the Giants' defensive line. And just by a hair, and I mean just by a hair, I will take Justin Fields over Daniel Jones, who does not look... You know, all too well right now, but neither of these teams have good offensive lines. Neither of these teams have good weapons. I'll take the Bears' weapons with Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney a little bit more. Even without David Montgomery, I think Khalil Herbert is a good running back. We're really all the Giants have, especially with Sterling Shepard going down. It's Saquon Barkley out of, the, out of the backfield. We saw, you know, Roquan Smith be all over the field for the Bears, who had a good competition with the Texans in Week 3. The Bears are a bad football team, but they can compete with bad football teams. Again, I think their defensive line is a little bit better than the Giants. I think they exposed Daniel Jones' offensive line. Bears on the road. I'm not going to bet them. They are an underdog by three points, but this will be the least watched game of the weekend for sure. Next game, we got the Jets at the Steelers. Now, we don't know yet if Zach Wilson is going to play for the Jets. I think regardless, Pittsburgh's going to win. I'm not going to bet the three-and-a-half-point line. But this is a game where Mike Tomlin, he's lost two games in a row. Close one of the Patriots and a close one of the Browns, even though the final score did not indicate how close the game was, obviously, with the white touchdown scored by the Browns' defense. But these Steelers are tough. They're gritty. They know how to play. And if Joe Flacco has played, they've seen Joe Flacco in the past. Mike Tomlin knows his limitations. And Mike Tomlin is just a better head coach than Robert Sala. I do think the Jets, obviously, you know, with Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, they do have some pieces to throw the ball to. But I think this is a really low-scoring game again. I think Mitch Trubisky finds a way to get it done. He plays well at home. The Jets are not very good at taking the football away. And the Steelers win the football game. So after you get those two bad games out of the way, this could be, again, besides Jaguars-Eagles, another game of the week candidate. Buffalo at the Baltimore Ravens. Buffalo was favored by three and a half after that disaster and a game sequence in Miami in week three. Obviously, we saw what Baltimore did on the road in New England. Kyle Hamilton making that great strip play. Leads to another touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews to put the New England Patriots away. 
You all know Baltimore was one of my favorite teams coming into this year. I don't care if they don't have any wide receivers, though Duvernay has certainly popped off for them these first three weeks. They played to their strengths, which is Lamar Jackson running and throwing the football to his tight ends and running backs. But you got Buffalo, who's a very explosive offense. We saw it in Dorsey pissed off at, at, at the end of the Dolphins game. We know the Bills are a legitimate championship contender. Everybody thinks Buffalo, no matter their loss last week, is still the best team in football. And in order to do that, they must respond against still a very bad Baltimore secondary that gave up a lot of yards to the New England Patriots and a very struggling Matt Jones. Matt Jones, excuse me, with a defensive play caller calling offensive plays in Matt Patricia. So I think Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox, Isaiah McKenzie, the Buffalo wideouts have bigger days. And I don't know if Baltimore, their style, can keep up with a Bills explosive offense. Not going to bet the game, but give me the Bills on the road. Now, this one's a very interesting one. Chargers at Texans. And it will be even more interesting if Justin Herbert plays or not due to his fractured rib cartilage. He suffered week two in Kansas City against the Chiefs. I'm going to tell you what. Davis Mills... And the Texans, they do play well. They played better than I think anybody would have expected. They've been in almost every single ball game, even though they are, you know, 1-1-1 one, one, and one if you, or excuse me, 0-2-1 oh, and one entering this game. But I think this is where they get their first win. I think the Chargers were embarrassed last week, yes, by Jacksonville. And usually embarrassed teams come out and they bounce back. But last year, Davis Mills and the Houston Texans, when they were a disaster dealing with the Deshaun Watson situation, came out and they beat the Chargers. We're not sure of Justin Herbert's South. The Chargers are favored by five and a half. I'm certainly going to take the Houston side of it if I was betting this game, though I am not. And give me the Houston Texans over the Los Angeles Chargers. This will be my biggest upset of the week. Next game. You know, the Titans at the Colts. Now, the Colts are favored by three points, which basically means if this was in Tennessee, it would be a pick -em. And, you know, we know the Tennessee Titans have not looked good. We know Derrick Henry outside of last week against the Las Vegas Raiders have not looked good entering this season. We know Ryan Tannehill, again, outside of last week, has not looked good to start the season. We also know, again, outside of last week, Matt Ryan did not look good to start the season. So these are two teams with two big wins last week that struggled the first two weeks of this season. And if Jacksonville loses to Philadelphia, this game could be for first place in the AFC South. We know how much the Colts struggle in the recent past against Ryan Tannehill, against Derrick Henry, against the Tennessee Titans. It may be different this year without A.J. Brown on the outside for the Titans. Obviously, Robert Woods is kind of taking his place now. But the Colts are also slow at wide receiver. They're very Jonathan Taylor dependent. Just like our Tennessee is very Derek Henry dependent. It's a very interesting game. But until the Colts are able to knock off the Titans, I'm not picking the Colts. Even in Indianapolis, give me Tennessee here on the road. Next game, it's our final game in the 1 o'clock window. I'm taking the Lions minus 4 and a half. We know the Lions are cover machines. We know Jared Goff is great in a dough. And even without DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams has been able to step up really in his absence. Uh, DeAndre Swift has not played well the last couple weeks. It sounds like he's not going to play at all this week in week four. We know the Seahawks defense is bad. They were giving up yards left and right to the Atlanta Falcons, to the Denver Broncos until they fumbled at the one-yard line and the San Francisco 49ers. 
We know the Seahawks offense is, you know, really predicated on Geno Smith trying to find a receiver to get the ball to. They're open, but can Geno Smith get the ball to him? I don't know. The Lions had a bad collapse last week in Minnesota, which is why I think they bounced back in their fourth consecutive game of the season. To be in a dome, three at all, you have to win this game. I think this is an easy cover. Lions win by more than one touchdown. I'm very comfortable saying this could be my bet of the week. Lions minus four and a half taken on the Seahawks in Detroit. Moving on to the 4 o'clock window, and there are only three games in this window, but two of them I'm going to bet. Kicking it off, I'm going to bet Arizona. This is my dog bet of the week. You guys know over the last couple weeks I've been taking a lot of favorites. This is my dog bet of the week. Arizona is an underdog one and a half points against the Carolina Panthers, and I don't care if the Panthers beat the Saints last week. I just got done saying it during the Vikings-Saints segment that the Saints are not a very good football team. Neither is the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield has not looked good in his freak start for the Panthers. And this is three out of four home games for Carolina, as well as Tyler Murray somehow plays better on the road than at home. We saw what he did on the road against Vegas in week two. What worries me is this is Arizona's first road game where they're going to be playing on grass all season long. That Panthers defensive line is very good. They very well could get after Kyler Murray. But even though both of these quarterbacks went to Oklahoma, I will take Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield. I think, you know, even without DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, you know, uh, Damian Williams can make some plays for this Arizona offense. Isaiah Simmons and J.J. Watt, obviously the stars of the defense. They get after Baker Mayfield. They bat those balls down. The Panthers offensive line has struggled all season long. I like Arizona here as a dog on the road, defeating the Carolina Panthers outright. Again, they're, they're a one-and-a-half point dog. That will be my fourth best bet of the week. And my final best bet of the week will be the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, I know. They are 0-3. But the owner, Mark Davis, had a long meeting with Josh McDaniels after the loss last week against Tennessee. Now Vegas goes on the road to Denver. And we all saw the Broncos, right? They barely won that game 11-10 Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. That offense in Nathaniel Hackett is broken. It is a big divisional game. It is Russell Wilson's first divisional game as a member of the Denver Broncos. But the fact of the matter is the Broncos are 2-1, right? We know that they are now tied for first place in the AFC West. The Las Vegas Raiders are 0-3. And they had a lot of expectations going into the season. And yet right now, Mac Owens, not Devontae Adams, not Darren Waller. Mac Owens is leading this team in receiving. I thought this Vegas offense, I keep saying every week, was going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. And they have not quite... Derek R has not been in sync with his receivers. He has not been in sync with that offensive line. And they look worse than they did under Rich Versace, a special teams coach that drove them to the playoffs. He was a great head coach. You know, Greg Olson was a very good offensive coordinator. Gus Bradley, a very good defensive coordinator. All of a sudden, new guy Josh McDaniels, who's supposedly an offensive guru, who I did not love his play calling at times in Denver or in New England when he was there with Brady and then, you know, Mac Jones all those years. Some guys are just better OCs than head coaches. That could be the case with the Las Vegas Raiders. 
but they absolutely need to win this game with Kansas City coming to town next week. They don't have the firepower to keep up with Kansas City in Kansas City. If they lose this game, they could be 0-3 in the division and 0-5 overall for the first five weeks, which would essentially kill their season. They need this game a lot more than Denver, which is why taking Vegas minus two. And the fact that they are on the road in a divisional opponent's favorite against the Denver Broncos, who are 2-1 against Vegas, who is 0-3, to me tells you Vegas thinks the Raiders are better than Denver. Next game, we got the Packers and the Patriots. Now, originally, this was going to be my best bet of the week until I saw the line at 10.5. I don't care if it's Brian Oyer. I don't care if it's Bradley Zip at QB for New England. Give me Green Bay. I think the line's a little bit too high for me to bet at 10.5 with better bets on the board. But I would not be surprised if this is a blow in favor of, of Aaron Rodgers, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. Obviously, defensively, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith is still there. I think this is a Green Bay route. I, you know, maybe New England keeps it close. They find a way to cover under 10 in garbage time, which might be a little bit nervous about betting the spread. But New England's offense is bad. We know that. We know Green Bay's defense is really good. I really don't see how New England's going to move the ball. I think this is one of the worst games of the weekend. I think Aaron Rodgers picks apart Bill Belichick's overrated secondary. And I think New England, even with Green Bay struggles on the outside of wide receiver, is completely outmatched in talent compared to this Green Bay Packers team on both sides of the ball. Give me Green Bay at home, 425 on CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Then we go to Sunday Night Football, and who knows where this game is going to be played. At the time of this recording, this game is still going down in Tampa Bay. So this may all change because of Hurricane Ian. Obviously, you know, we here at Brands World, we're thinking of everybody that's going to be involved in the hurricane down there in Tampa, Florida. But as it currently sits, this game's going to be played. Sunday Night Football, Raymond James Stadium. Chiefs favored by two and a half. Chiefs Bucks rematch of Super Bowl 50, 55 in Tampa Bay. Of course, the Super Bowl that ended deal with COVID. And, you know, the Bucks, they've really struggled offensively. They've lost to Green Bay at home. They barely put up enough points to beat the Saints in Week 2. Their defense carried them Week 1 against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Kansas City struggled last week against Indianapolis. You expect the Chiefs to bounce back. You expect Andy Reid to have a different game plan than what he had against Todd Bowles' defense when they met in the Super Bowl. But there's just part of me saying there's been a lot going on in Tom Brady's personal life. Obviously, we know what's happened with Giselle, the receivers, and Julio Jones, and Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans being suspended, and everything that's going on with Brady that has made him struggle the last couple of weeks. You know Tom Brady is going to have a coming out party. It is a big stage, and something tells me that even with, with all the hurricane and stuff, Brady will be able to keep his team more focused than Kansas City, and I'm not going to bet it. This, you make all this hard over Ed here, but I like Tampa to defeat Kansas City on Sunday night. Finally, Monday night. The Niners are favored by two and a half against the LA Rams. I'm not going to bet the game, but we know the Niners have the Rams number. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Last year, Jaquisti Tark edges that ball, as I've said over and over again in the NFC Championship game. The San Francisco 49ers are going to the Super Bowl and not the Los Angeles Rams. 
They nearly beat the Rams all three times last year, which is really hard to do. Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans and that Niners staff have the number of Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, and that Rams offense that just put Van Jefferson on IR, and Allen Robinson has not gotten synced into the offense, and they made Arizona's defense look pretty legit last week, only scoring 20 points. Their offense looks stuck in neutral, and I think that San Francisco is going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to play play action, and they just play well against the Rams, and they will knock the Rams off at home. That may change in the LA Coliseum later in the season. Maybe the Rams come back and eventually get San Francisco, but just like the Titans Colts. Until it happens, give me the Niners over the Rams until the Rams can prove they can legitimately beat the San Francisco 49ers because in my art of hearts, I believe that the Niners had that game won last year. A dropped interception cost them the game, and I think the Niners bounce back and they defeat the Rams here, getting their revenge in primetime with Joe Buck and Trey Aikman on Monday Night Football. So a quick review, I do have Cincinnati winning Thursday night football against the Miami Dolphins at home. I am betting Minnesota to win a cover in London against the Saints. The spread there is two and a half. I am betting and hoping the Browns cover the one and a half point line in Atlanta against the Falcons. Give me Philly at home over Jacksonville. Dell is at home over Washington. Chicago on the road against the Giants. Steelers at home over the Jets. Buffalo on the road against Baltimore. Texans at home in an upset over the Chargers. Titans on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. I am betting the Lions minus four and a half at home against the Seahawks. I am betting Arizona plus one and a half on the road to upset the Carolina Panthers. I'm betting Denver on the road to cover the minus two line against the Denver Broncos. Green Bay at home against the New England Patriots. They have been home against Kansas City no matter where the game is played. And then San Francisco at home against the Rams on Monday Night Football. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to Brandon's World today. We will be back here on Monday covering all of the Week 4 NFL action. And let's hope we get our predictions better than that 8-8, eight 7-9 skin where we have been. Again, entering this week, we are 24-24. and 24. Straight up against the money line, we are 8 for 15 in best bets. Let's hope we have another winning week and go 3 for 5 at least. If not, try to hit 5 for 5. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys on Monday. Peace.